0: Well, good morning, guys, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Today is Thursday, February 29, 2024. This is a 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for You big book meeting. Today, we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And we are in Bill's story. We're on page six, second paragraph. The mind and body are marvelous mechanisms through that one paragraph ending with, I was 40 pounds underweight. And comments will just be on that one paragraph. So today's readers are 12 Steps, Kathy M., 12 Traditions, Joni C., Hilary B. will be reading the text for us, Susan S. H. will be reading page 164, and Martha Z. is our backup. So our new greeter is Loretta M., and our second-hour host is Anne A. The reference number for yesterday, if you missed that Wednesday. February 28, 2024, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 21175. 21175. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time is 21180. 21180. OA Preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'll now have Kathy M. read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous.
1: Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. This is Kathy M, Recovering Overeater in Michigan. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Here are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much for allowing me to do service. And have a wonderful day, everyone. Well, thanks, Kathy.
0: You too. All right. So now, let's see. Joni C. Uh, will be reading our Twelve Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous.
2: Good morning, hey, Joni. This is Joni C. gratefully recovered, but not cured, from Minnesota. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two. of reminding us to place principles before personalities.
3: Well, thanks, Joni C. So here's
0: how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we do ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does require that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book have meant to us. To share, you'll press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. To have a quiet meeting everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted all right so today we are resuming our study of the big book of alcoholics anonymous we're in bill's story page six second paragraph there that says the mind and body are marvelous mechanisms reading through that one paragraph ending with i was 40 pounds underweight and we'll be commenting on just that one paragraph and hillary b is going to get us started good morning hillary good
1: morning kelly can i be heard you sure can. Okay, great. Um, my name is Hillary, and I am a compulsive overeater, and I'm very, very grateful to be recovered for today. The mind and body are marvelous mechanisms, for mine endured this agony two more years. Sometimes I stole from my wife's splendor purse when the morning terror and madness were on me. Again, I swayed dizzily before an open window or the medicine cabinet where there was poison, cursing myself for a weakling, There were flights from city to country and back as my wife and I sought escape. Then came the night when the physical and mental torture was so hellish. I feared I would burst through my window sash and all. Somehow, I managed to drag my mattress to a lower floor lest I suddenly leap. A doctor came with a heavy sedative. Next day, found me drinking both gin and sedative. This combination soon landed me on the rocks. People feared for my sanity. So did I. I could eat little or nothing when drinking and I was 40 pounds underweight. Well, I was 40 pounds overweight. Um, so, oh my gosh, the geographics. I moved so much. One time this man said to me, Hillary, you move more than a rat. I'll never forget that. And of course I thought about suicide a lot, but never seriously, never came actually nearing to, you know, actively committing suicide in the moment, but slow death by food, that appealed to me, and um, actually not being conscious of it being suicidal, because I was in such denial until the pandemic, when it got really, really bad, and I, got into that very, very dark place where I truly, truly wanted to die. I didn't care if I died. And um so I've been in I've been in OA for a very long time. I've had bits of recovery, but not this kind of recovery, and not able to stay abstinent, stay off the food, I needed to use the food because I was miserable, and I had to stay in my denial so um so what um what uh of course, I stole food, I stole money uh I stole a lot of money from my mother. Uh, I stole uh, food when I was an adult. And I was always looking at lots of geographics. But here's a miracle of my recovery. This house that I live in now, I bought it when I was 40-something, like 40, 41, around there, 42. And I've lived here for 30 years in the same house. That is recovery for me. But I don't have 40 years of not picking up the food. I still have 40 years of denial and all this. And I, I just was so desperate during the pandemic that I finally reached hopelessness. It brought me out of my denial that was saying, I'm not really a compulsive overeater. I don't weigh that much. I'm not as bad as others. Uh, I had to face the fact that I was going to die and I I was... I needed to do something, and I'm going to stay miserable if I don't, so I'm very grateful to have found this solution so that I didn't have to die. Um, Fine. And that's it. Thank you so much.
0: Well, thanks for getting us started, Hillary B. All right, so... We're now going to open up the meeting for sharing, and although we do value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. So if you share Tuesday or Wednesday on any vision meeting, please allow others the opportunity to share today. Also, please keep your share to three minutes to allow time for as many people as possible to share. I'll remind you when your time is up, so please wrap up your sentence as much as you can. Please give up. Please give up. Please give me your first name, initial of your last name, and where you're calling them so we can find you on the members list. Go. I'm ready.
4: Katie G. from Boston.
0: Katie.
3: Jeanette P.
5: Central, New Jersey.
0: Jason, KP.
6: Harlan G. Larry K. from Chicago.
3: Harlan. Larry. Anybody else?
7: Marie T. Yvonne Boston? H. Judith
3: S.P.
0: I,
7: wait, Yvonne I didn't get those
0: first two. Be Yvonne? Is that what it is? Yvonne H. Germany. Okay. And there was somebody after Yvonne, before Judith. Marie Judith S.P. I got you, Judith. There's somebody right before you. Who's that? M-
7: Marie T. Boston.
0: Marie? Yes.
7: Yeah.
0: Marie. Okay, so let's stop there. Here's who I have. Katie, Jeanette, Jason, Elena, Harlan, Larry, Yvonne, Laurie, and Judith. So make sure you guys are muted by pressing star one. We'll get started with Katie followed by Jeanette. Good morning, Katie.
4: Hey, Kelly S. Katie G. Recovered in Boston. Thanks for taking the meeting. This is an
3: action pack. Katie, we lost you. Star
4: one. Hello, hello. Can you hear me now? I got,
3: got
0: you. <laughs> we I was can saying hear you now. so
4: many brilliant things. It was just yeah, I'm
0: sure you so were. Amazing. I was hanging on it,
4: too. I know. All right, hang on. Um, okay, I'm going to start again. Kdg recovered in Boston. Um, yeah, a few things. First of all, I saw escape. Like, I love that word oblivion from a couple paragraphs ago. Like, I thought escape and food was not my problem, it was the solution. My earliest memories were of a little girl looking for escape from this body, right? And then another one, as a recovered woman three years ago, um, people feared for my sanity. I was in Overeaters Anonymous and I um, fell and punctured my lung and I had a trauma surgeon tell me, um, you are so underweight, Um, if you do not get help, You know, you're going to die. And this is why I'm waiting to have my punctured lung fixed. Like this, this disease, um, it's actually for me, it's not denial, it's delusion. I was in delusional thinking that it was okay to be 17 pounds underweight in the rooms of overeaters anonymous. Um, another thing I, I get a chuckle out of is um you know just looking outside myself, right? Like I'm using food addictively, I want to put it down, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use something else, like a sedative, right? And that combination soon landed me on the rock. So I'm using I'm using food and I'm using the sedative. And for me that's because I was going outside of myself for a solution. Um, and I just, I agree. My my mind can endure agony, extreme or mental suffering for 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 forever. Like I don't even know there is no, you know, final bottom for me. But I just want to share experience, strength, and hope that I can recover today from this seemingly hopeless state of the mind and body. I can live as a healthy woman in Overeaters Anonymous, and people don't fear for my sanity. In fact, my dad told me he's like. I can die now, a little morbid. I can die now, not worrying about you, you know, because everyone was pretty scared. And I have to ask myself also as a recovered woman where am I seeking escape now? Because for me, this disease doesn't end. Um, I have alcoholism, not alcoholism. You know, just because I'm abstinent and I can say I'm recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, there are still things that I can see, see, look for escape in, whether it be money or anger. And the reason I'm sharing this is that I think it's so important for me to remember to ask myself the questions like, yes. I have been here with the food, but where am I now? And am I spiritually fed? And am I surrendering? And am I bringing God into all areas of my life? So if you're new, I just want to tell you there is a beautiful solution. That one is God. And may you find him now. You can find him in the pages. Just get a sponsor and follow the work. Thanks, Kelly. I pass.
0: Thanks. Thanks so much, Katie. All right. So now we have Jeanette P. followed by Jason K.P. Good morning, Jeanette.
5: Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Jeanette P. from Central New Jersey, recovering compulsive overeater. Um, Escape. Wow. That jumped out for me because wherever I was, that's where I didn't want to be. So when I was at work, I wanted to be at home. And when I was at home, I wanted to be at work. And my mind was never aligned with where I physically was, which led to a very chaotic and split kind of a life. I um, went out to -to face-to-face meetings back in the day, about 25 years ago, and what I was looking for was outside approbation, which was the only thing that motivated me, but only for about a second when I needed more outside approbation. And I was searching for somebody to tell me the plan to follow so that I could align my heart and my body, although I didn't really know that was the problem at the time. And at that time, the meetings I was going to were not meetings of attraction. They were meetings of misery and pain, and these are the rules, and this is what you gotta follow, and you can't do this, and you can't eat that. And uh, I liked that for a while. Pain, my middle name, thank you. But over time, I couldn't sustain the pain. The pain became too much. I dropped in and out. And I am really so grateful uh, to my higher power that in the last 30 days I found you. This meeting, this group, this, this little, oh, my goodness, I could cry, this little nest of hope that I look forward to now every morning to join and hear the good word that also makes a lot of sense to me, which is, you know, There's, I have a superpower now, and I never, it was never based on me. It was based on something else I needed to plug into. And I'm going to pass at that point. Thank you again, everyone, for your service.
3: Well, thank you so much. Appreciate your share, Jeanette. Next up, Jason KP, followed by Elena. Morning, Jason.
8: Good morning, Uh, Jason K.P. here, formerly Jason K., still getting used to the K.P., um, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic um, in Pennsylvania here outside of Philadelphia. Um, Thank you, Kelly, and it's good to hear familiar voices on this meeting. And, you know, we're seeing here, Bill, um, on this downward spiral. um, You know, when I looked back at my life and sort of reflected um, when I came in um, to sort of the vision for you and and you know doing the steps out of the big book. I, I looked back at my life and I just saw this like circling the drain sort of um things getting worse and worse. You know, I used to make myself throw up after a big binge and I'd usually only do that at the end of the day, you know, just so I could go to sleep um and not wake up with terrible digestive issues. And then I remember one time I did that midday, and I would I would never throw up multiple times. And then, you know, one day I threw up like midday, and as soon as I threw up, I said, oh, I could eat some more food. I could binge again. And for me, this progressive nature of this is really important to see. As Bill keeps going through paragraph and paragraph, you know, we saw a few paragraphs ago, he was cocky and cocksure. He, he, he had this lick you know he had periods of confidence and sobriety abstinence you know um and then he fa- he falls flat on his face in this paragraph he's not talking about you know any periods periods of confidence or any periods of abstinence he's just talking about terror and madness and it's funny that he says people were questioning his insanity and as i read this paragraph no no he was already insane going through this mental physical torture um, and for me, you know, and again, I, I want you to relate this to your own experience because this is, this is about our, our own first steps. But for me, you know, I would, um, you know, I'd sit there and I try to, you know, mitigate the, the, the consequences of binging so much. And, you know, I'd be going to, going to sleep. I'd be thinking, you know, I'm going to wake up with this terrible heartburn. Um, so I'd be taking antacids and, different pills and I'd be taking, you know, probiotics. I remember one time I took a 30-day supply of probiotics and I'm trying to go to bed and and pray to God I can sleep through the night so I don't wake up at 3 a.m. And when I woke up at 3 a.m. with heartburn, nonetheless, I'd sit there and think, I'm a waste of space. I don't want to be here anymore. I just want to die. And then I'd start thinking, how am I going to do this? I know it's a, it's a tough topic to talk about, but I think The reason I thought of suicide and I thought that I was a waste of space is because of how tortured I felt by my mind kept saying, go eat that food, go eat those things. And and all I wanted in my heart of hearts was to not go eat those things, to eat normal, sane food plans, to get to a healthy body weight. The the thing I wanted most in the world every single day, I was failing at. Um, So, yeah. That's, that's just some, some, some experience to share. Thanks for listening. I pass.
0: Thanks for sharing, Jason KP. Next up, Elena C. followed by Harlan G. Good morning, Elena.
3: Good morning. <clears throat> can you hear me? I can hear you.
9: My name is Elena C. from South Carolina, recovered compulsive um, by the grace of God and mercy. I... Um, so what stood out for me in this paragraph the most, <clears throat> by the way, is very, very rich. The progressive illness, the progressive nature of addiction. In uh, Bill's case, alcoholism. <clears throat> in our case, food addiction. And it's not, it's not even the drinking, but it's just the emotional and spiritual progression or regression of this disease. and um, You know, the loneliness, the despair, the pain, the suffering, you know, the depression, the anxiety, the nerves, you know, and I remember that. I remember those powerful emotions that I had no idea what to do with it. I had no idea what to do with it, you know, because I wanted to do something about it by myself, You know, I might have reached uh, to a a therapist and, you know, she kind of gave me guidance here and there and, you know, told me this is what I need to practice at home and I didn't. (laughs) Um, And I had no idea, absolutely no idea what the hell I'm going to do. You know, and my solution was to go to food. My solution was to go to you and tell me, tell you what I want, you to do for me so that i don't have this emotion and that was my solution you know and i'm very fortunate today that i have another solution that i never thought was gonna work and that is to go to god to go to god with all my emotions with all my human suffering and pain and despair and turn it over turn it over to this power greater than myself and then give this give God a chance to prove to me that it will help me that you know, I can do emotions with with God. And I can do emotions with God today. I cannot do emotions by myself. So this condition, the condition of addiction, is not necessarily stopping the substance, stopping eating. It's connection. Should I continue to decide for myself that I'm going to do it on my own, you know, uh, away from everybody, away from this community, I will be prone to eat again. And this disease is permanent, progressive, can never be eradicated, and is deadly. And if I eat, I'll surely die. I'll surely die. I will die perhaps, not necessarily physically f- at first, but I will die emotionally. I will die spiritually. You know, Fine. Because that's just how it is. And I'm very, very grateful I'm here today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Grateful you're here too, Elena C. All right, next up, Harlan G. Followed by Larry K. Hey, Harlan.
10: Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for your service. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. The mind and body are marvelous mechanisms for mine endured this agony for two more years. Not everybody that's listening to this is going to relate to what I'm about to say, and I won't beleaguer it, but from the time I was a child, I have been massacred by people who let me know In no uncertain terms, I'm no damn good. And the reason that I'm no damn good is I'm fat. And when you're fat, you are existentially wrong. There is something about you that just cannot be smart. You cannot be clever. You cannot be innovative. Because if you were that smart, you wouldn't be fat. Proven fact. Psychologists have proven this out many times. People get jobs more when they're attractive. They get promoted more in jobs when they're attractive. And yet there I was as a morbidly obese child. I was 335 pounds as a senior in high school. I went on my first date with a girl. I was 35 years of age. And, um, it, the the mind and body are marvelous mechanisms. I've had children laughing at me and adults laughing at me for decades of my life, and the loneliness was palatable. The, the, the loneliness was tangible, unbelievable. And take a look at here at what w- some of us have touched on this already, but this paragraph really illustrates the progressive nature of this disease. Let's take a look at page 1. 22, and a veteran of foreign wars, I went home at last. I fancied myself a leader, for had not the men of my battery given me a special token of appreciation? Here he is on page three. On page three, he is saying, I had arrived fortune through money and applause my way. I had arrived. My judgment and ideas were, were followed by many to the tune of paper millions. Scoffords could scoff and be damned. I made a host of fair weather friends. Now his drinking is getting worse and worse. But on page four, he's making fun in his mind of the people that are killing themselves. And he says, that disgusted me. I would not jump. And here he is on page six. He's thinking about killing himself. And when they say country to city, what they, the Burnhams had a home in Manchester, Vermont. That's where Lois met Bill, and they would go to Vermont and back to New York and back to Vermont and back to New York, and they didn't know what to do. And his drinking is getting worse and worse, and his attitude is getting worse and worse. This disease set fire to my life. Any dream I might have dreamed went up in smoke because this disease taught me that anything I thought was going to be killed by this disease. And with that, Kelly, thanks for your service, and I will pass. Tomorrow, don't miss it, because we're going to start the beginning of the miracle. Talk to you then. Bye.
3: Thanks, Harlan. Can't
0: wait for a miracle. All right. uh, Let's see. Larry K. followed by Yvonne H. Hey, Larry. Good morning.
6: Hey Kelly, I want a miracle too. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm Larry K, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Yeah, boy, I'll just love to share as the mind and body are marvelous mechanisms. For I endured this activity for two years. You know, every morning um, for many years, I, I would I would set my alarm for 3 a.m. because that's cause that's what normal people do, right? Um, <laughs> and I would get in my car. Here's why I would set the alarm for 3 a.m. I would get in my car and I drive the you know, the five minutes to the 24-hour donut shop that was open. And these, you know, and I would go in there. Imagine that. Nobody else was there. They knew me by name, boy. And these heroin foods kept me numbed out from feeling much of anything. I didn't know what I was up against. I did. I knew I had a problem, but I didn't know the nature of this disease and this spiritual malady. And yet for quite a long time, you know what? I was able to work. I was able to interact with others. Um, The mind and body functioned until they didn't. And here's something else in my experience, perhaps it's yours as well. You ever hear of imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome is that it's kind of like this psychological pattern where we we, we doubt ourselves and we have a, a persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud. And I carried that around with me because I, 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 I knew in my heart of hearts that no who, who in their right mind is getting up and, and going to get a dozen donuts or more and, you know, and setting their alarm to 3 a.m. and going there. And yet somehow my body was functioning. And so I normalized this stuff, you know, and this disease and, and, and any thought of a spiritual malady was about as, as far as I could, you know, imagine at that time. And I would and i would just go on with life and believe me it didn't stop there i mean in, in a given day you know that that kept me that heroin kept me you know functional for a few hours perhaps and then it's on to something else and i normalized this right and so we see that bill the mind and body are marvelous mechanisms and i also will say that with recovery for many of us we 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 begin to change we begin to change, and we can we begin to experience uh, the body changes when the spiritual malady is overcome. What happens? We straighten out mentally and physically. Thank God for that. I don't I don't set my alarm for 3 a.m. <laughs> to go <laughs> to go to the donut shop in the mornings. What I have such gratitude for that. That's insanity. The inability to separate the true from the false. It seemed normal to me. It does not anymore. With that, I pass. Thanks, Kelly.
0: Thanks, Larry. Kay, appreciate it. So let me tell you guys where we're at, and then we'll, we'll move on. Let's see. We are in Bill's story, big book, obviously, page six, second paragraph. The mind and body are marvelous mechanisms through that one paragraph ending with, I was 40 pounds underweight. So next up, we have
3: Yvonne H. followed by Laurie. Hey, Yvonne.
11: Thank you so much, Yvonne. Um compositor, calling from Germany. Wow. Yeah, this um thank you for everybody. I could relate very much. Um, this brings me back to my past fifty years ago. Fifty years ago I um, I'm gonna talk about escape. I was escaping. I was escaping without knowing that. I was very much depressive and, but I didn't have a problem uh, with food. I didn't have a problem with alcohol, but I escaped. I escaped from where I was, which was South America. I came to Germany. When I came to Germany, I was alone for the first time. I had my own life for the first time in my life, was 28. And I saw that all the other women, women uh, were dieting. And so I thought, I'm going to do that too. I was normal weight. And that was the beginning. That was the beginning in my escape. I wanted to escape from my depressions. I came here. I didn't come come to Germany because I wanted, because I wanted to escape. And here I started with the overeating. So I didn't know in that time that I was already um, in a disease, that, I, that the disease was there, the dysfunction the dysfunction was there. It was just waiting for me to start it. And that happened with alcohol the same. So I started overeating and then drinking a lot. And then I was lucky enough to be able to, to get sober with AA 24 years ago. I didn't, sh- I didn't make it with um, with OA because I didn't understand this solution, this God, this abstinence. I didn't understand that. I think I didn't want to understand it. But my life was unmanageable. And so um, until a few, I would say a few months ago, I started to understand that if I want to have god of course I'm, I've been in the program all these 24 years if I want to have this god too and I want to have to want to have what you have then I need to take a decision and I started to take the decision of step 1 and step 2 step 2 is to take the decision to say I am willing, just like Bill did. I am willing, That's the only thing I need to do, is I am willing to believe that there is a higher power who's gonna restore me to sanity. That was the solution. Now I have God. Now I have God, I am in the program, I'm very deep in the program, doing everything I get, I can do. And one thing I'm learning very much to do is step 10. Because when my life does it gets unmanageable, Time. which is still the case, thank you so much, I will wrap up, then I take step 10 and I share it with somebody, and that's my solution. Thank you for letting me share. <coughs> well,
0: thank you, Yvonne H. All right, next up is it's Lori and then Judith SP is Lori. I'm not sure if I'm saying your name right. What is the initial of your last name and where are you calling from? All
7: right, good morning. And it's Marie. Uh, oh, D good lord. Marie. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, Marie D from Boston. Um new to this program, found it in February, um after I turned 65, so I never heard of this program. In today's reading, what I highlighted was terror, madness, escape, and sedatives. And so for 40 years, yeah, out of control. And when I started with this program, I think, you, know, I, I, you know, my dad was uh, a severe alcoholic and I had a very unsafe childhood. Um, so for me, I never had a spiritual malady, um, because of just trying to survive violence and trauma. Me and God were, we were tight. Always have, always will, the greatest faith, the greatest trust. I'm in his hands. So that's rock solid. But, um, 40 years of absolute denial. So when I started this program and I heard people say disease and I'm like, what? I don't, like, I don't have a disease. Um, and I'm an absolute, which I you know really the denial was pretty strong uh absolute crazy sugar addict, but I was always like, "I am not like my dad, I am not um, there's a major addiction issue with me, and I know that, so I'm loving this program, and i and I will just say i you know i'm I'm, the meetings mean the world to me. I'm on a lot of meetings. Otherwise, I would be grazing, binging, crazy. So it's um, it's it's hard. Um, I did get a sponsor, and she was a bright shining star, beautiful soul. Got me on a food plan that I'm so thankful. But then her schedule changed, and so I'll be looking for a new sponsor. And and you know this disease, it is pretty tricky because all of a sudden, you know, I I hopped on the scale today. I hopped on it yesterday, which I was stopped doing that completely. And then today, I got on it and right after I got off, I got on it again to check it. And I'm like, oh my God, help me. Get me on a meeting. I'm like, this is nuts. I'm nuts. So, um, I'm just so thankful. I get so much out of everyone's shares. Um,
3: and I'll pass. Thank you. Well, thanks, Marie. Uh, appreciate you sharing. Next up, we'll have Judith SP, and then we'll be opening up for some more shares. Good morning, Judith.
9: Good morning, Kelly. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to pass. So thank you for
0: uh, being here. Oh, man, Judith. Okay, well, we'll look forward to next time. All right, guys. So we're opening up um we're on the page six of Bill's story, second paragraph. The mind and body are marvelous mechanisms. Who wants to share? If you haven't shared in the last uh, three days, like Tuesday or Wednesday, she- we'd love to hear from you.
3: Shanna
9: she- C. Ros she-
0: Anna.
3: She- Anna. Cheryl, Cheryl Ronald, Tony B. Florida. Cheryl. Karen just- Who's B? She- Cheryl. Tony Everybody B. 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 Sh- Wait a minute. Is it Sherry B?
1: D as in divine.
3: Dog. Oh, divine.
1: Dog. I mean,
3: dog.
0: Yeah. Was there a Ken?
12: Ken, K. from Florida.
0: Ken as in Barbie and Ken?
12: <laughs> no, ten as Ken as in a nice suntan.
0: <laughs> oh, hey, that was good. Okay. <laughs> Ken. All right. I have Shanna, Roz, Cheryl, Sherry, and Ken. So we'll stop there. We may have time for more.
3: We'll just see how it goes. All right, Shanice, you are up. Good morning. Thank you so much. This is Shanice, grateful, recovered,
9: compulsive overeater from Tennessee, um, through God's grace and mercy, and I, I, I can't, I can't uh, explain it any other way other than the fact that it is an absolute miracle for my life. Um, Like others have shared, you know, I've I've battled with this my whole life and I didn't know it was actually a battle and I didn't know it was abnormal until I got here and found out it was an abnormal, the way I reacted to food, the way I thought about food, the way I thought about how I was going to fix my problem, how I identified as a permanent fat person, um, no matter how thin I got, no matter what, um, the constant obsession with it um, from a very, very early age. And it's just, it's not just about, you know, what I ate, how I ate. It's about the, it, it absolutely consumed my heart, my mind, my body, my spirit, my whole identity as a human being wrapped up in what I look like, how I eat, what I think you're thinking about what I'm eating, what I think you're thinking about how I look. And if I could only you know manage well and get this under control, then I will arrive, and everything will be okay, being jealous of actually being jealous of people who are far more overweight than I was but seem to be okay with it uh being jealous of the sick sick anorexic emaciated people because I admired their self control um I mean it's just in oh begging for the ability to make myself throw up. I God knows I tried everything to be able to make myself throw up. Th- thank God my body wouldn't allow that, but I tried. I, you know, I did other things to, to purge and, and you know, whatever. Anyway, I am so grateful that by the time I started seeing that this was real, that this wasn't normal, that you guys were here for me, and I'd gotten to that point um, one Sunday morning, um, where I was basically swaying dizzily before an open window and I was cursing myself for a weakling because I didn't have the courage to go on. I didn't have the courage to kill myself either. And I was on my knees begging the God of my understanding for help. And somehow I was reminded of this meeting and just so happened to have the phone number from a notebook that I had from years ago, prior to that day. in uh, September of 2019. And I got on the phone, listened to a woman sharing her story. She read my mail. And uh, I believe God heard me that day that obsession was removed. And I was guided through the steps. And I haven't found it necessary to eat like that ever again. And when those thoughts come, I know what to do with those now. They don't dominate me anymore. I'm not cured of compulsive overeating. I'm Time. normal. Thank you. But what I do have is the ability to identify and help and walk with someone um, along this journey and lead them to a power greater than themselves that can solve their problem. And that's exactly what happened with me. And
0: I'm so grateful. Thank you for your service. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, Shanna. Appreciate it. All right, next up is Roz G. Followed by Cheryl. Good morning, Roz.
13: Good morning, everybody. My name's Roz G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And because of um, the glory, the grace of God, the twelve steps and you I live in a normal body. I am able to buy cute clothes and be fashionable and participate in all kinds of things that a sixty year old, some sixty year old woman can't do you know I go to the to a dance studio twice a week I'm on two dance teams and i'm able to keep um, have the stamina of the 20- and 30-year-olds, mostly 20-year-old people and dance, you know, the night away with them um, because I'm I'm so healthy. But there was a day when I was not. And um, I really identify with uh, all the shares. And, you know, for me it was um, I had H. pylori and I had so many digestive issues. And I, too, um, I had a prescription of standing. I still do. And, but I don't have to use it as much, but a standing prescription of Pepsid and, um, because I would eat high acid foods late at night or, you know, b- about eight or nine o'clock at night, I'd have a double portion of a high acid food, spaghetti or whatever, and, uh, wake up in the middle of the night hyperventilating and almost choking, um, like <clears throat> not being able to breathe, coming near death, um, and i'd get and I'd repeat that behavior, and a doctor once said to me, "You know a lot of people have died a uh, uh, like that, and um I had to take uh, a, big, a, a big a long course of antibiotics, which you know just threw my system out of whack, and I over exercised and had surgeries two different surgeries from over exercising and not listening to what the doctors were saying, and all of this was because I was overeating. The solution to the problem, of course, was eating, but not eating. (laughs) You know, having a food plan that was sane and normal, but I could not do it. I had to have God's help. There was no other solution, as the big book says. What did I have to to look, what, what were my two choices? To accept spiritual help or to die a compulsive overeater death. I chose to accept spiritual help. I I choose to give spiritual help today, meaning that I'm a guide, but I tell my sponsees I'm just a guide. You're going to need to accept spiritual help and have a power greater than yourself to relieve you of this problem. And it works. It really does. Thank you. I pass.
3: Thanks, Roz. Appreciate it. Next up we have Cheryl followed by Sherry D. Cheryl, what is the initial of your last name and where are you calling from?
14: Good morning. This is Cheryl L and I'm calling from Florida this morning. Can I be heard?
3: Yes you can.
14: Wonderful. Um I am just um I'm just really compelled to share this morning. Um I've been in um, O A uh, several times in my life, but this morning, um, you know, I've been abstinent for since September of twenty twenty two and um and I'm working with a sponsee and I'm just I'm so I am so grateful for what this program, you know, has offered to me. Um, listening to everyone share this morning, I'm brought back to this, you know, this hopeless state of mind and body that I was in um, just before I came to, back to back to this program and before I found a vision for you. And, uh, you know, my my bottom is is probably not as as low as any of um, as many of what I've shared of what I've heard. But my bottom was, was low enough that it still brings me to tears today, you know, to think about um, what, you know, a captive I was to the food. Um, I, was, I was a slave to it. And I was having those wake up in the middle of the night, you know, needing to go and have something to eat. Um, I was hiding the food that I was eating because I knew that it was, it was beyond what I should be doing. I, I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. Um, my spiritual life was 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 very very small, and I was not relying on anything except for my own willpower, my own my own schemes, you know, to to help me, and it wasn't, and it just wasn't helping me, you know. I had to get to this place of, of complete hopelessness in order to um, in order to find a solution, and um, and I'm so grateful that that Bill, you know, has opened us up to this to this sharing of the feelings that he had because that's what I can relate to today. That's, that's where I really connect with him is on the feelings. Um, so that's it for me. Thank you so much for letting me share. I pass.
0: Well, thanks, Cheryl L. And next up we have Sherry D. followed by Tans. Good morning, Sherry.
9: Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. This is Sherry D. in Maryland,
0: compulsive overeater,
9: and wow, <laughs> this is such a great meeting. I love going through Bill's story and and it's been you know it's been said, just we really see the progression of the disease in the story, just going over those pages how quickly we go from you know our our alcohol drugs, food being the solution to no longer working. And you know that's how it was for me. i I was overweight. Uh, as a young child in elementary school back when we had to weigh in front of the class and got up on the scale and heard heard a girl say oh my god she weighs more than my mom Um, and I learned very young that alcohol and drugs you know it says in this paragraph when you're drinking and using drugs you don't eat so that was my solution I turned to alcohol and drugs and got rid of the weight and but I was such a fraud it was brought up I was such a fraud I was capable of being the chameleon that would fit in anywhere so I could fit in with the jocks and I could fit in with the brainiacs and I could fit in with the religious people I could fit in with the druggies I fit in with all of them but I didn't fit in with all of them because I was such a fraud um just like learning how to dress on the outside to i when i my first job when i was 15 years old i worked in a department store and i learned really quickly that if i wore my nicest clothes on sunday when i was working everybody thought i came from church and they treated me differently so i started learning how to become a fraud to really fit in the world and for the longest time the alcohol and the drugs worked until I was 19, sitting at a table with a bottle of whiskey, making a, a deal with God that I would end my life on my 20th birthday. And two weeks before my 20th birthday, by the grace of God, I walked into the program of AA and haven't picked up a drink or a drug since then. But I switched my addiction. I moved to food because guess what? In the beverage program, you can eat anything you want. And I did. And I just simply switched my addiction, and it was not as progressive as the alcohol and the drugs, but it brought me to my knees, and I'm so grateful that I, you know, stuck around living until the miracle could happen for me in the program of OA surrounding my food addiction, and I also am looking very forward to uh, the rest of the story, to to see that miracle happen, I'm as I have. Thank you, as I have also been able to have that miracle in my life. And with that, I will keep coming back to my path. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you, Sherry D. Um, all right. Next up, we have Tan. Tan, what's the initial of your last name? And unfortunately, Tan, you only have a minute. All
12: right, this is Tan. My initial is K. I'm from Flor- right. Florida, and yeah i will i mean then I'll make it very short um, vision I've been in the program since December two thousand and seventeen um I was abstinent quickly, but I was controlling the program I was controlling I was still playing God, and I'm very happy for vision because now I'm going through this whole two bobs uh to build story and actually relating to it. I couldn't relate to it at all, and now every sentence makes sense. I can see his thoughts, here, even in this paragraph, and um, it's amazing, and I'm so grateful for everybody who's participating in this vision for you, helping me to get a connection to my higher power, to God, and to letting him live my life. Thanks to all of you. And that I pass.
0: Well, that was perfect timing. Thanks for wrapping this up, Tan. Okay, so let's see, where are we? Thanks to everybody who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, If you wanna listen to this fabulous meeting or share it with somebody. Um, for February 29th, 2024, in case you don't know what day it is, which I never do, is
3: 21182.
0: 21182. So we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Susan S.H., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
8: Thank
9: you so much. What a meeting. Um, this is Susan S.H., a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio.